G'day, I'm Tom Rigby and this is Market to Melrose. This is the fourth episode of a podcast by the North and West Melbourne News, the award-winning local newspaper published by the North and West Melbourne Neighbourhood Centre on Errol Street, North Melbourne. Bordered by Flagstaff Gardens to the south, Queen Vic Market to the east, Royal Park and the hospitals to the north, and the mighty Maribyrnong River in the west, our neighbourhood is a village right in the heart of Melbourne, where people like living close to each other and within walking distance of everything. This episode, our feature includes some exclusive recordings of folk music from the Silk Road region of Central Asia, performed by local musician, artist and economist Ed Jang. This episode also features the return of the Community Notice Board segment after a brief hiatus due to the Queensbury Cup special. The Community Notice Board is a crowdsourced segment, so if you've got something coming up that you want to plug, let me know and we'll talk about getting it on the show. You can reach me on Facebook or Instagram or email me at market2melrose at gmail.com. Huge thanks to everybody who has reached out regarding the last episode, which was all about the Queensbury Cup. The response has been terrific, and I was so happy to hear that people enjoyed it. If you haven't heard it yet, I'm sure you'll love the interviews with the intrepid billy cart racers aged between 7 and 78. If you're enjoying this podcast, there's three things you can do to help us out. First, please subscribe to the podcast so we can reach you every time we put out an episode. It's free to do. Just hit subscribe in your favourite podcast app please leave us a good rating or a like if you're listening on YouTube. Finally, please leave a review. Even just a word or a line shows newcomers that actual humans have been enjoying the show. If you can't think of what to say, just write, love the pod. These three acts will take you about 90 seconds and we'll be eternally grateful. 90 seconds for an eternity? Now that's a bargain, so get on it today. For today's episode, I invited West Melbourne resident Ed Jang to join me in Studio 4 at the State Library. Ed is the kind of guy who would perfectly fit the description, there are many strings to his bow, except that he plays an oud, not a violin. He is a prolific contributor to the North and West Melbourne news, primarily with his hand-drawn illustrations, comics, and spot-the-difference games that grace the pages of each edition. Ed is also a professional transport economist and has travelled widely around the world. The autumn 2022 edition of the news reported that Ed, who was born in China and grew up in Beijing, became an Australian citizen, alongside his wife Apeksha. In a recent edition, the news revealed another side of Ed, his love of folk music from Turkic-speaking Central Asian cultures along the Silk Road. The news reported how Ed and his family band performed a concert in the Flagstaff Gardens. They shared a repertoire of bittersweet folk songs they learned during lockdown in one of the few places in the neighbourhood where people were able to socialise during the pandemic. Ed, Apeksha and their son Kai joined me in the studio recently to record some songs and have a chat about this exotic style of Turkic folk songs. Unfortunately, only one of the songs we recorded came out well, a solo piece by Ed, accompanying himself on the oud. The recording of the other song did not quite sound right, and my amateur studio engineer skills are entirely to blame. This was actually the first time I've had more than one person in the studio. It means we can't hear Kai's singing and drum playing on the Uyghur track that they played. We'll have to get Ed and Kai back to record some more tunes once I've mastered the gear at Studio 4. Now, without further ado, here's Ed Zhang.
Beautiful music, Ed and Kai. And we're also joined here by Petra. Hello. It's called Uskudala Gidarikan. It means uh, on the way to Uskudala, which is a seaside town in, uh, in Turkey near Istanbul. And Katim means my scribe. So it's about uh, a girl, a rich young lady, and her male scribe on the way to a seaside town. And the rain started to pour. And describes shirt got all wet, and 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 and. and. <laughs> Is that where it's from? From Turkey? Yeah, it's a Turkish song. Oh, okay. um, and you've got the you've got the words written down there. Yeah, that's right. So um, that's in the Turkish uh, modern Turkish spelling um, that I found from the internet. All <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. W- what are the common themes that that um, tie together this uh, this repertoire? Yeah. So a lot of our our. Uh, pieces so far are from along the Silk Road uh, in various languages, whether it's Turkish, Azeri, Uyghur, and Han Chinese as well. 
a lot of these songs are about love and longing. And a lot of these places are conflict zones as well today and historically. And I think there's something beautiful in, in, in everything. And Wallace is a lot of torment and, and everything else going on. Uh, I think love is a, a theme that has uh, stood the test of time wherever you are. So a lot of our songs are love songs from along the Silk Road. And what drew you to that region of the world as, a, as an inspiration for your, for your repertoire? And that's an interesting question. I mean, uh, a lot of things are unrelated. Um, my my personal, uh, my favourite sort of food are from, from there. So I'm naturally drawn more and more to the culture uh, along the Silk Road. And uh, during, uh, I can't remember which lockdown, maybe two, we started watching this Turkish drama that has about 150 episodes and each of them is like two and a half hours long. So along that journey, we start learning more Turkic things. Uh, so, yeah, so then we start developing our repertoire. Uh, and uh, how strong is your Turkish uh, language? Not very good. Uh, and any Turkic speakers out there probably can tell, uh, but hopefully more or less, I haven't butchered all the pronunciations. So you're, you're speaking... You're singing words that you don't necessarily understand the meaning, or have you have you delved into learning the language? Bits and pieces. Uh, I mean, uh, there is a transliteration. Well, Turkish itself is written in Roman alphabets or adapted version, and a lot of Uyghur songs you can have transliterations. So, and even there, there there are words that are you know uzu means long, so uh, are quite standard across all Turkic languages, and you pick up here. Uh, so it's not that I don't understand completely, but I can't say I completely understand either. Sure, yeah. Um, and, and there are similarities between the languages of all those different cultures, are there? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think a lot of the, some of the common words are understandable um, across that uh, entire stretch. So you haven't grown up speaking these languages. How many languages can you speak sort of fluently? Uh, no, not that many, only two. <laughs> I speak Mandarin Chinese fluently and English. Yeah, right. And Kai, can you speak any other languages apart from English? Mandarin. You can speak Mandarin? You've been over to China recently. Yeah. Did you speak to a lot of people in Mandarin over yeah, there? Yeah, I spoke to all the um, family. To your family? Oh, that's terrific. And when I was in the public too. Okay, what sort of things can you talk to people about um, in Mandarin? Like if I go to the shop and I want to buy something, I can ask. Or um, I, if I need to know where something is, I can ask. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, what about these languages of the songs that you were just singing? Can't, can't understand? Okay, well, you did a pretty good job of uh, pretending. You're lucky to have gone on a, on a holiday to Beijing recently. I'd love to go over there. And Apexia, can you speak uh, any other languages apart from English? I can speak my mother tongue, which is Gujarati. It's from the west coast of India. Mm -hmm. And a couple of other Indian languages. Mm. I speak some French and some French and a bit of Spanish. A multilingual household. <laughs> You're very lucky, Kai, to grow up in a household with, with different languages. So you said that uh, you've, you've just started singing these kinds of songs since COVID, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, I can't remember which lockdown it was, and there, there were many. Um, and the longing for travel, for adventure, uh, got better off me, mm. I suppose. Uh, so I 
bought a wood from <laughs> the internet, um, and it was shipped from Izmir, Turkey, um, and then bought a Comanche, <laughs> and then bought a... Uh, Wait, what's a Comanche? Comanche is like uh, a violin, a pick spike fiddle. Uh, it's like a violin played vertically. It's a Persian okay. instrument, um, and is majority of Comanches, I think, from Iran today, but it's also played in... Turkey, in Central Asia as well, and there are versions of it. It's like violin, four strings played vertically. Uh, it's quite quite challenging, but good fun. So I bought one of those, and then uh, just more and more instruments found their way to our <laughs> to our Melbourne home. So yeah, I, I think that was kind of a, a way of uh, one is spending time, two is having fun, and three a sense of travel and an adventure and something new. Something exotic, perhaps. Uh, so that was your um, lockdown project while other people were uh, making sourdough bread. I was baking a lot of cakes. Uh, you were learning how to play the oud. Yeah, that's right, uh, for, for us. Um, and Kai picked up the drums uh, and the guitar and, and, and other things. Um, I mean, we, I play the piano and Kai plays the piano as well. That's the sort of bass instrument. Mm-hmm. And then you branch out branch out from from there um and uh, what what kind of music were you playing before you branched out into this uh for my my upbringing is mainly in western classical music mm-hmm. uh, mozart beethoven chopin rachmaninoff that sort of stuff uh yeah so your background is in classical music but uh i suppose that's not so uh amenable to just jamming with your with your family that's right whereas a bit of uh, folk music it's a lot uh more conducive to, uh, mm. to jamming fun, <laughs> uh, and uh, and Kai, what what would be your favourite type of music? Um, the one that you play on the piano. <laughs> yeah. Because it's got it's very loud sometimes. Yeah, it's very pretty. I like that kind of music too. What's that um, little drum that you have there called? It was a little bit like a tambourine. Doira. Doira. And can you describe it to me? What does it look like? It's um, a bit very small and white, and it's got these things that make the sound at the back. They're made of metal. And what's this uh, on the front? Turn it around. Painting. Oh, it's a painting of a man and a woman. Yeah. That's a beautiful instrument. Where did the doira come from? The doira, this one is from Uzbekistan, uh-huh. uh, from the town, uh, ancient town. Was it Samarkand or Bukhara? I can't remember. Maybe it was Bukhara. Pekshan and I, we were there back in 2009 and we bought it as a souvenir. Ah. And um, surprisingly, it's uh, still going. So apart from um, appearing on podcasts and playing in your lounge room, where do you see you and your family band going with, uh, with this music? Uh, all sorts of public spaces. Uh, we've done uh, street performers uh, along Errol Street once upon a time and... We held a um, concert in Flagstaff. Um, it's all small, small scale. Uh, we played in uh, in a cafe in Geelong, and we played a couple of times at community dinners in the uh, West Melbourne Baptist Church. Mm. Um, and uh, hopefully, next year we're going to get our space uh, in the Melbourne Fringe. Oh, fantastic! You excited about that, Kai? Yeah. So Ed and Kai. And Apeksha, uh, thank you very much for coming into Studio 4 in the State Library today. 
and uh, sharing uh, with us some of your beautiful music. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks again to Ed Jang and his family for taking the time to visit and perform in the studio. Now it's time for the Community Notice Board. On the next episode, I'm going to be speaking to artist Nancy Lane. Her art practice focuses on repurposing cast-off pieces of detritus that she finds on her walks around North Melbourne into sculptures and jewellery. Nancy has some pieces in this year's National Brooch Show. It's at the Fitzroy Library and although you'll have to cross over Elizabeth Street to get there, I'm sure it'll be worth the trip. The Australian National Brooch Show 2023 is the largest show of its type in Australia. Showcasing a diverse range of media, the exhibition includes imaginative, beautiful and unusual brooches created by artists from across Australia. Until the 26th September, head down to the Fitzroy Library at 128 Moore Street to see a glittering array of brooches and unique contemporary wearable artworks. Friend of the podcast, Parul Sen, has set up a new pop-up at 400 Victoria Street, just west of Howard Street. Parul featured on our very first episode when she was running the pop-up shop on Errol Street with her friend Sarah. The other day I stopped by on the way to the market to admire her wonderful illustrations of iconic Melbourne buildings, streetscapes and landmarks. You can drop in to see Parul Wednesday to Saturday, 10am to 2pm. Her new calendars for 2024 are out this week. So stop by and grab one or track her down on Instagram or Facebook at Pink Art. That's Pink Wattle Art. You can hear all about Parul's fantastic work on episode one of this podcast. That's all for this episode. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll be back in a fortnight with another artsy episode focused on local artist Nancy Lane. Until next time.